Welcome to the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of Meaningful Conversations and convener of community. As we continue to grow, the HSCT Warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. We're so glad you've joined us. Good morning. How are you? (laughs) I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. You sound better. Right? <laughs> it, it, three weeks. I was sick for three weeks. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was brutal. But yeah, and part of that is just the HSCT recovery, right? Yeah, I think so, too. Like having it, it weaker was, immune system? Yeah, I hadn't been sick in, like, geez, Louise. Not even a cold since 2012 sometime. I, I, I hardly ever get sick, so... I was around my friend and her daughter and they were sick and I knew it was going to happen and it did. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Gotta it's love right. kid germs. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, she was back in school, so they were new germs for her, which yeah. were new germs for me. Yeah. So yay. <laughs> yay for sharing. Yay. Yes. Yes. It's funny. You know, I was, I don't know who I was talking to yesterday. Um, actually yeah, I do one of the girls, um, that got denied HSCP in Chicago. So she went to Puebla and had it done. And she asked, you know, she, she's been home and she's doing well, but she's isolated. And she's, you know, at that point where she wants to know, you know, what everybody else did. So <laughs> I shared some stuff and blew everybody away, but <laughs> it was, you know, it's like HSCP. If, if I wasn't a hand watcher before, I definitely am now. And it's a, it's a good habit to pick up. You Absolutely. Know, I'm, not, I'm not really all into the hand sanitizer because I will wash my hands with soap and water every chance I get. But if I don't have a chance, I now carry it in my purse. <laughs> yeah. Right. I do. And yeah, I never used to do that before, but it is nope. definitely that good habit to carry on. Yeah. And I still carry masks with me. You know, it's, it's just a, personal choice. You know, you, you go with your gut feeling. If it's a, if you feel like that's a situation where you need to wear a mask, put that fucker on. (laughs) No joke. I don't care what other people think. I'm like, whatever, just keep your germs away from me. (laughs) Exactly. Keep those to yourself. Thank you very much. Yeah. Right. Yes. I will, I will pass on germ sharing. So welcome Tracy. Thank you so much for agreeing to participate in the podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's just great to be able to talk with more people, right? To share, get to know more stories. So thanks for sharing your story. Anytime. So I'm curious. (laughs) Yeah, well, and that's what even led you to pursue HSCT to begin with? My other half niece um, is a school teacher here. And one day she sent me um, one of Dr. Burt's lecture videos off of YouTube and I watched it. And then I did my research and found some more of his lecture videos on YouTube. And I was intrigued. Then I pursued it 
with my my neurologist and he had another patient that had already had it from Florida. So he got me into contact with her and we discussed it and I was like, okay, let's do this. Well, so what were your (laughs) symptoms like? Like what even led your other half's niece to share that information with you? Um, I, I have uveitis, which is, um, for Dr. Burt was a new, a new thing, unbelievably. Um, and my left side, I'd just be walking along and all of a sudden my, I just couldn't walk anymore. I'd just have to stop wherever I was and regroup, wait till it passed. And it would, you know, but it, it was very, I just laugh. I laugh at everything. I don't know if it's a nervous thing or, you know, what else are you going to do? I'm, I'm not a crier. So I would just deal with that. Um, and she knew about it. Um, I quit driving on my own. Um, because of the uveitis, my depth perception um, just wasn't very good, you know, and, and for the safety of other people and myself, I thought, okay, I'm just going to quit driving. So I quit driving in early March of 2018, right after she sent me that video. And it just, it just went from there. You know, my, my neurologist was on board. He knew the problems I was having and you know, I was diagnosed in 2009, so that was pretty much the worst symptoms of MS that I had ever had. The uveitis. Yes. Just randomly, all of a sudden, I just have to, it, my left side wouldn't work. So I just have to st- stand there and wait until, you know, it decided it was going to do what <laughs> I wanted it to mm. do. <laughs> I'm familiar. Pardon me. My, no, my left side doesn't work very well either. But yeah, it's it's always fun when, you know, your body decides to revolt. It's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to, I don't want to do what you want me to do. So you just hang in there and eventually I'll work with you. You know, what else can you do but laugh? It's just mm. kind of weird. It's a new kind of patience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you definitely learn patience with this disease, this what do you want to call it? This monster. I'll just call it a monster. There you go. It rears its ugly head at, at, at will. So your original diagnosis was MS? Yes. In 2009, you said? Correct. April. April of 2009. Okay. And so then when did you end up getting through HSCT? 2018. Nine long years with that monster. August, yeah. 15th is when I had HSCT of 2018 and it was really, it happened really fast. I mean, I didn't expect it to go that quickly, but whatever Dr. Burt saw at the end of May of 2018 is when I went for my consultation after sending all my paperwork and, and whatnot to Dr. Burt and Dr. Balabanov and they invited me to come. So we went the day after was my birthday. So <laughs> It was kind of interesting. You know, you you think of how old you were when you started this. Well, let's see. I was like three or four different ages throughout all all of this, (laughs) which is is kind of strange. But and right after my consultation, um, we got home, like I said, on the 1st of June. And I got the phone call that they wanted me to, to come. So nice. July 9th, we got there. We drove. 
which was probably a bad idea. That's a long <laughs> drive from Florida. And we weren't, you know, educated enough to not bring a car. Sure. <laughs> you don't want to bring a car to Chicago. <laughs> Very costly. Um, and I was there for two months. So you just stayed right. for the duration. Correct. It, it it seemed more logical to me than to mm. travel back and forth. Sure. And I had other things that, you know, Dr. Burt wanted to check, you know, so it wasn't like I was on vacation. I had plenty to do running back and forth to the hospital and it's close, you know, so walking, it, it worked out pretty good. Wonderful. He didn't have to move the car very often. Um, well, yeah, we did. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, whether you're getting, they don't, they call it validating your parking at the hospital, but it's not the same as validating parking here in Florida. It's free. That's what validating parking means. <laughs> um, you know, up there, you it's get a discount. discount. <laughs> yeah, like not much of a discount, but some, Mark drove the car back home and then he, he, he flew back and forth like twice in that two month period. Mm. Um, you know, I had to pick when I wanted him there and I wanted him there for the harvest of my stem cells. Um, and then my dad came and stayed while I was having the transplant. So it was nice. It was, it was time yeah, spent nice. with my father. That's a nice um, way to spend the time. Yes. And, and it's not like, you know, that's that in itself is is a memory that I wouldn't change for anything, you know. So HSCT, I, I became very humbled, and when I think about it, I get goosebumps and I get teary eyed. Not because I'm sad, but it was it was an emotional, spiritual endeavor. You know, I feel blessed. I'm. It, it was amazing. I'd do it again. <laughs> A lot of people are like, really? You would? Yes, I would do it again. It I know. It was an amazing experience. I know I would, right? I mean, and it's it's that transformational there's, journey. Yes, there's really no, it's hard to put into words. And unless somebody sees you talking about it, they, they really don't, or have had it, they don't, they don't really get it. Yeah, what shifted for <laughs> you? Like, so what shifted for you? As far as the disease or, or me as a person, I, well, I don't, I don't either, really... Right. Yeah. I mean, disease wise, how have your symptoms changed? And um, even as a person, right. I try to see things personally differently than I used to. And, and I think, you know, HSCT has helped me see the positive, even, even in the negative, you know, you can be negative all day long. Um, and I'm, I'm a pretty upbeat person. You know, I get, don't get me wrong. I get part of this roller coaster is depression and fighting that is, is totally different than fighting MS, you know? Mm. Um, so to see things brighter, I guess, than I used to see them, which, which I do, I know I do, I feel it. And as far as the disease goes, I have a lot of fatigue and even a year out, I still have it. I have good and bad days. Um, I never expected any of my symptoms to dissipate. That's just supposed to be a bonus if they do. Right. Um, and I don't have that problem where my left side just decides it doesn't, doesn't want to do anything. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Kind of weird. Great, though. No, that's great. It is. It is. Um, 
personally talking about, you know, how I feel, what HSCT did for me personally, you know, I'm trying to be more positive, but then at the same time, you know, I know that anything can come back at any time. I still try to be positive. Yeah. Especially under stress. Yeah. And, and trust me, I am really stressed out all the time. (laughs) It's my life. I've always been that way. So that's nothing new. You know, I don't think that my body after HSDT, if I'm stressed, knows the difference before or after. (laughs) That's just me. I live stressed out always. So I'm just, I don't, (laughs) all I can do is laugh about it. I know this, it's this this way my life has been. So I don't expect it to be any different after HSVT. That makes any sense? (laughs) Well, like you said, any change is kind of a bonus, right? The whole point is to halt progression. Right, right. And that's, that's what I still pray for and hope for. And not just for me, but for everybody, you know, this, this roller coaster, as you know, is quite interesting. (laughs) You never know what to expect. If it's part of the roller coaster, if it's part of your disease, if it's just your own personal stuff, you know, so you're constantly trying to, to work out what it is. And part of the battle is just not figuring it out, just going with the flow. Yeah. Being okay with whatever is happening right now. Right. Yep. So interesting. (laughs) Easier said than done sometimes, but. Oh, absolutely. It's part of, you learn how to deal with it. It's, It's learning to deal with something added to what you've been learning, you know, all the, however many years you've been dealing with MS. You know, this is just something new to learn to, to cope with. And it's, it's, it's all right. <laughs> Especially um, when you okay. can be reminded that you're not progressing, right? Correct. Yep. And it's, you know, I've been, I went for my six month follow-up and I went for my year follow-up and I will continue to go. Um, I learned from Dr. Balabanov. I did not get to see Dr. Burt. He was doing a, a talk and he did call and apologize. Oh, that's kind. Before we traveled. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I'm not going to see you. Um, but you know, Dr. Balabanov is, is very, very good at what he does. So, and he's going to continue to do this. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on on Facebook in our groups. And, you know, before I went for my year follow-up, there was, a conversation and, and people get ugly. They get really ugly. And all I kept saying was, is that, you know, I'm, I'm going for my year follow-up and I'll get as much information as I can and I'll share it with you when I know. And, you know, Dr. Burt is going on a sabbatical at the end of October of this year, but he's not leaving. He'll be back. <laughs> he's not, he's not abandoning everybody, you know, and Dr. Balabanov is willing to see everybody and he said that, yes, he is going to continue to, to collect the data because the, the trial is not over with, you know, so he's going to continue on until the end date of the most trial. So that's, I picked his brain. It was more about him. Sure. Then it was about you. Poor guy. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Before he even read me my MRI, I'm like, I'm, Let's talk about this. <laughs> right. Well, because, because so many people are curious and the wrong message is getting out there, right? Correct. 
yes. And, and I don't feel like, you know, with all of these wannabe reporters, um, posting stuff in our groups and it's, it's really putting everybody in a, in a tizzy. They don't, they feel like they're being abandoned. And Dr. Balabanov says, no, we're not abandoning you. If you want to continue to come, you can. He says, we can't make you, you know? And I told him, I said, well, I, part of why I did this was for the research. It's part of my life. That's what I've, I've done in the past. And I totally believe in it, you know? And if you don't keep coming back every year, then the data is lost. It's not complete. Right. You know, I'm not a guinea pig by any means, but it helps other people. My sister was diagnosed with MS 2004, and then I was diagnosed in 2009, but it's a totally different disease for her than it is for me. Sure. You know, and, and for her, she says, I'm, I'm a pioneer and I don't feel like I'm a pioneer. You know, my whole life has been to, to protect her always has been. And like I told her, I said, I do what I do, not just for me, but for you. And that, that really gets to her. It makes her mad. (laughs) She's like, you can't be doing this stuff. And I'm like, well, I am, I'm, I'm your older sister and I am. So just accept it, learn from it you know, research, whatever. Mm, so she's doing okay. She's on Jelenia. I don't, I don't really know if she's doing okay. We, we have a different relationship. We don't really talk much. Um, so I know she's, she's doing all right. Otherwise I'd, I'd hear about it. I'm sure. Mm. Um, but you know, I know she's in Washington, so they're doing, doing this in Seattle now. And I think it just scares her, which rightfully so, you know, it it should scare you. Um, We all know what could happen, you know, and that was part of our our group discussion on Facebook. You know, you could die from this. Well, yeah, (laughs) you could. You could also die driving in your car. Correct. Do you not drive because that's a possibility? No. You know, you need to go get from point A to point B. There's reasons that you're in your car. Well, there's a reason we all decided to do HSCT. Correct. And some of us have different reasons than others. You know, it is ultimately, you know, it, it started with MS and now it's other autoimmune diseases, which is, that's what I mean by we all have our, our reasons. But beyond the autoimmune disease, again, we all have our own personal reasons for wanting that for doing that. Indeed. So, so what was your reason for participating in the podcast or why was it important for you? To educate people, to get the word out that it's not, you know, whatever they're reading, keep reading. Cause you're, you're not, you know, if you're just reading the naysayers, you know, God bless Selma Blair. And it had nothing to do with her, but she's trying to educate people too. And she gets such a backlash. Mm. You know, I can't even imagine. I quit going to our groups. I I really stopped saying anything because there are people that just don't believe what those of us that have had it have to say, you know, and, and again, Selma she has a platform and she's using it and she, she really gets blasted. 
She really does. I follow her on Instagram. Um, and it, it makes me sad, you know, because she's a celebrity doesn't mean that, you know, that's not why Dr. Burt <laughs> accepted her into the trial. Right. You know, and this is what people don't understand, you know, and, and it bothers me that they blast Dr. Burt. Um, God bless that man. He has been working for years, tirelessly, 365 days a year, <laughs> 24 hours a day. You know, how, how can you blast him? Mm. How, how can anybody yeah. have anything bad to say about him? He's not doing this for himself. Right. And now he's going to educate other facilities and other doctors, and he's writing a book, and it's beautiful. It's wonderful. You know, he's, he's a very caring individual. There wasn't a day that went by that I didn't see him mm-hmm. while I was there. You know, there was um, one day that I did not see him and the nurses on the floor let me know they thought it was his birthday. Well, on the next, <laughs> so I think it was that, that was a Saturday and on Sunday when he came in in the morning, he apologized for not having been there and for being a bit tired because he had been up all night working on the abstract for the journal, that article that he published. Right. Right. Or a grant. Maybe it was the next grant that he award because I was there in between the research studies. Right. So mist had closed down and most was not around yet. Um, I was in that window between studies. Right. And he apologized because he had missed out the day before and like, admitted to basically working too much on that abstract. I thought, well, yeah, but see the nurses also let me know that secret that we think it was your birthday. (laughs) Apparently he doesn't (laughs) like to acknowledge his birthday. So I didn't even bring it up. Right. But yeah, those of us that have been through under his care, right. We know how dedicated he is to the research and to his patients. If he could help everybody, he would, you know, I, yeah, I felt that, that if he could, it, and it doesn't matter what autoimmune disease you have, he wants to help people. You know, there's even other doctors, I don't know if this man is a real doctor or not, but saying, you know, that this isn't, he's done research, and I don't know, I think he's in Canada or something like that, and he's doing it up there, but he blasts Dr. Burt. I mean, you don't, and they're friends. I mean, they, they know each other. I, I, you, I don't. I don't subscribe to that kind of thing. You know, you do your stuff. You let him do his stuff. Dr. Bird has never said any, any anything bad about anybody, and he won't. That's not who he is. Kindness you know? matters, um, right? Kindness matters. Yes. And it goes a long way to showing you the integrity of someone. Just be good to each other. Mm. It's not that hard. <laughs> For a lot of people, <laughs> it is, unfortunately. I know. I know. And we don't always have the greatest examples of it, right? Correct. Correct. It's it's different for everybody. But, you know, as you grow, you know, I don't have any children. I never will. Um, But as you get older, you realize that, you know, life is very short. It goes by way too quickly. It's, It's about love. You know, you might not like somebody, but they might not like you either. And that's okay doesn't mean you have to be ugly to them. Right. You can still find, right. You can still find (laughs) kindness. Right. (laughs) Well, that's that positivity angle that you have now, right? Thanks to HSCT. Correct. 
So what about a memorable experience for you when you were going through HSCT? Can you tell us about a memorable experience? (laughs) Oh, I have several. (laughs) And there's things that I still haven't, after 399 days, I still haven't pieced together. Mm. Um, And I'm okay with that. You know, someday I might have an epiphany and it'll hit me. Wow. Oh, that's what it was. But (laughs) the nurses... And I'm bad with names. I'm terrible with names. But I know that after um, my transplant, at least I think, uh, it, it was after my transplant when they're giving you your extra Nupergen shots <laughs> that I'll tell you about. Yes. <laughs> the nurse that gave them to me, I just called her Sneaky Pete. <laughs> That's what I called her. Because <laughs> she came in the first day and she was hiding them. And she just had this look on her face, you know, she's not very good at poker face. So it was like, what are you up to? What are you doing? You know, she just smiled and she's like, you're ready for this? I'm like, ready for what? So she's like, well, you need to lay down. I'm like, okay. She's like, I need to see your belly. I'm like, okay. Why? What are you up to? And she just, she was good at it. You know, she was quick and two shots per day. Um, so for three days, so six extra Nupogen shots was like, wow. Okay. This is, this is fabulous. (laughs) That's a memory, you know, and it's, it's not a bad one. I don't know how I handled all of the things that they did to me, but I I did, I guess that's just who I am, but that was a memory. Um, and then Priscilla, she bless her heart. She's amazing. The staff is just, they're all amazing, but they would come in and visit with me and Priscilla would stay for a while and chat. But yeah, I, I missed Priscilla and I was really sad when I got discharged. And then my night nurse, bless her heart. I mean, they're worried about you falling down. And I told them who I was before all of this and that I'm not going to fall down. And I kept telling her I'm not going to fall. I used to surf. I got this. I've never fallen. You know, I take meclizine for the dizzy, which I'm dealing with again the last three days. So I guess that's a symptom that just wants to rear its ugly head. But anyway, this is, it's been years. You know, I keep the meclizine coming. I don't fill it all the time, but I, I keep it just in case. And I'm glad because the last two days have been brutal. So I'm, I'm hoping that that goes away. But back to Deb, she would, you know, you need to, you know, to call me if you need to go to the bathroom, you know, I'll come. And I'm like, um, I'm 46 years old. I'm going to go to the bathroom by myself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll make it. I'll be okay. It's not that far. But she really was a hands-on kind of nurse. You know, she wanted to make sure I wasn't going to fall. And it, it kind of irritated me. Like, please don't touch me. I got this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then, you know, I think Deb and I talked about that. I'm like, she's like, I just don't want you to fall. I'm like, Deb, I promise I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to fall. I got, I got this. Of all the things that I got, I got, I got me. I got this. Um, but, you know, I, I'd hit the button to, to call her because I promised. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll call you when I have to get up. Mm. And, and then I'd wait. And I'm like, I can't wait anymore. Right. You know, <laughs> I got to go. Thank you, Solumedrol. 
all the other fluids that they pump into you. That's, that's a memory. And then another mm. memory is that I, I mean, I blew up. I didn't even recognize myself. Any portion of my being, I'm only five, two, I weigh like 105 pounds. And when I say I blew up, I, I blew up my face, my yeah. body, the water everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was terrible. And then I guess Dr. Burt, <laughs> realized uh yeah okay so they they cut back on that stuff and then it was just you know what what's the stuff that they give you to to flush it all out so you're still you know you, you gotta up. go mm-hmm. yeah you gotta go like every five minutes like you you might you'll go this is a memory too you'll go and by the time you get up and you grab your pole you gotta go again yeah right yeah it was at least every 45 minutes yeah and and I felt like at one point I felt like I was just living in the bathroom you know it was best that I just stayed in there you know because I'm like I have to go every two minutes but if it helped get rid of the weight the water weight that was great I wanted it to go away and I think it was my left leg which is the side that I have a problem with that got huge like to the point where the pants that I brought, it was hard to wear them <laughs> because my left leg blew up and I was hoping that it would go away. So these are, you know, these are things that I've thought about over the last year. And, you know, I had a hard time with it in the beginning. Once all of the, I guess after the first four months, you know, you feel like a super woman, you know, you're out of the hospital, you're home, you can do all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, the chemo and the solumedrol and all the other IV stuff goes away. Yeah. The steroids and, kind of move out of their, out of your system. Yep. And you're left just going, Whoa, what happened? Where did it go? You know, I had so much I wanted to do. I'm, there's still stuff sitting around that I wanted to do when I first came home and then all that wore off. And now I'm, I'm better. So to speak, you know, I have, I mean, I've always been motivated to do what I needed to do, but anything extra is like, okay, you know, that's been there for a year. I'll just leave it (laughs) anywhere. How is recovery going for you? Um, glad you asked. I thought it was going pretty well. Um, on my six month follow-up, I didn't know what was going on. Um, cause I, I had all my you know how it goes. You have your MRI, your labs, um, and anything else you need to do before you see the doctors. And then I saw them both. I saw Dr. Burt. Well, I saw Dr. Balabanov first, and then I saw Dr. Burt. And the next day, I got a call from both of them. First, it was Dr. Burt, and my other half and I were having breakfast. Um, and Dr. Burt says to me, I've never seen anything like this. And of course he was on speakerphone and I didn't understand what he said. I, I did understand, but I didn't hear him. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, I did, but I didn't. And I said, Dr. Burt, I really had a hard time hearing what you said. And, he, and so he got on the phone. He says, is this better? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, now I can hear you. And he says, I've never seen anything like this. And my heart went to my throat. And I just sat there and I didn't understand what he meant. And you know that Dr. Burt isn't, he's really not. He's not a man of many words. 
No, he's not. Um, I, I didn't let him be serious with me while I was in the hospital. I was kind of like, you know, the class clown. But anyway, I always called him the rock star. He'd come in. I'm like, there's the rock star. <laughs> I'd make him blush, whatever. Um, I didn't let him be doctorly with me. So when he called, I said, what do you mean? You don't, you've never seen anything like this. He says, well, you know, you need to, you need to talk to Dr. Balabanov. And then I have um, my ophthalmologist that I see there now, Dr. Piatetsky. And, you know, I was like, okay, you know, did, did this work for me? And he's like, it's, it's too early to tell. You're fine. He says, but there's something I've never seen before. I'm like, okay. And he, and he didn't really explain, you know, so I was left. <laughs> With that, and then talking to Dr. Balabanov, they put me on Celsept, um, the generic version, which is mycophenolate. It's, uh, it's scary, and it worries me, but I've been taking it since after my six-month follow-up, so that and prednisone. And I'm like, why am I on this? You know. And then all of this stuff happened with the 16th floor and yada, yada. So I just dealt with it. I'm like, okay, I trust them with my life. So I will do whatever they want me to do. I trust them with my life. I'm still alive. I made it. So whatever their decision is for that, I thought it was Dr. Burt's decision. And after my year follow-up, I found out that no, or right before my year follow-up, I'm sorry, um, I found out that it was actually Dr. Piatetsky, the ophthalmologist, and Dr. Blavinov's decision. And it's because of my uveitis. And Dr. Burt, when he called to apologize for having to cancel my appointment with him on my year follow-up, I asked him, and he said that it, it's the uveitis. He says, I haven't ever experienced this in any of my patients. So I left it up to Dr. Blavinov and Dr. Piatetsky to do whatever they needed to do. And then Dr. Balabanov told me on my year follow-up that it's so that I don't have a relapse. That's what it's for. So can you explain, and, can you explain a little bit more about uveitis for listeners that aren't sure what that means? It is, um, for a lack of better terms, a disease of your eyes that MS causes. It's caused by MS. Um, and if anybody tells you otherwise, you need to find somebody else because it, it, my own ophthalmologist here where I live, she's the one that, that caught it and sent me to other eye doctors whom, you know, an expert, a retina specialist who looked me in the face and said, no, MS does not cause uveitis. Mm. And I quit seeing that person because it came from somewhere. <laughs> if you look it up on the internet, yeah, it'll tell you MS causes uveitis and do your research, do your research by yourself. You know, don't believe, get, get other opinions, but Dr. Burt, obviously, you know, his experience was, okay, this person's got uveitis. I'm going to send her to one of our ophthalmologists before mm. she has HSCT. Mm -hmm. And you know, so the two months that I was there, thank goodness, um, because that ophthalmologist handled it. I got 
injections in both of my eyes before HSCT. Like I said, I don't know how I handled all of this stuff. It's pretty gruesome. And I just called Dr. Piatetsky, Dr. Pi, stabby in the eye guy. <laughs> and we laugh. And, you know, there's times that he's done it and he's like, you did wonderful. He says, I wouldn't let anybody do that to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I let you do it. Um, he's done it twice. You know, on my six month follow up, it was just one eye. So it was my left eye. And it, it causes, it's kind of like, um, it's the first thing that happens to people when they're diagnosed with MS. They end up having, um, it's your nerves, optic neuritis. Mm -hmm. And that's what I got, that's what got me diagnosed with MS. I had optic neuritis really bad in uh, um, April of 2009. And, you know, had my MRIs and the great ophthalmologist that or she was a neuro ophthalmologist and, and she diagnosed me and sent me to my neurologist. But now I really don't understand uveitis. Like I said, just you got to do your own homework on it and, and come to your own conclusion because I'm not really getting, you know, what this I think it's just very rare. It doesn't happen to a lot of people. <laughs> sure. Well, and it's nice that, at least, my life. you know, your doctors noticed it and that Dr. Bird even was aware and helped you address it Correct. before HSCT so that it didn't get out of control. Right. And I think their their hopes, you know, with the whole... Um, injections in my eyes before having my transplant was that after transplant, I wouldn't have a problem with it anymore. Um, but I am 47. So, you know, age causes a lot of stuff with your eyes. Most people are like, eh, whatever, but it does, you know, it really does getting older. Your eyes go through a lot of stuff. They do. Um, they change. I have, yeah, they really do. And anybody with MS, and the stuff that I've been going through, you know, even my, my eye doctor, just my eyeglass doctor, um, optometrist, she tells me that throughout the day, my eyes change like somebody that has diabetes. Even though I don't have diabetes, you know, I have other things. And I've got so many pairs of glasses. <laughs> I, I change them throughout the day, you know, um, because my eyes do change constantly. And it's very aggravating. Um, so uveitis, yes, is very aggravating. Um, and I've, in my other groups, I've, I've seen people that have been diagnosed with, with eye issues. Um, even one lady that has nothing to do with, you know, our, our medical kind of groups that I know um, had uveitis and had to have injections in her eyes. And, you know, she, I talked to her about it and some people don't, don't do, I'm just, I'm a different kind of person. I do really well with all of this stuff and I probably shouldn't, you know, but I have a voice and I try to help people, you know, so I, I'll talk to them and tell them it'll be all right. You just, you know, as long as you trust your doctor, you let them do what they need to do. If you don't, then find somebody else, but be your own advocate, you know, just because of my medical background, it's always been my saying. You know, just because your doctor tells you to do this doesn't mean you have to. If you don't feel good about that, find somebody else. Yeah, and do you know, the listen, research. Right. And listen to yourself. Look it up. 
you know, and, and I think that's, that's part of the problem in the, in the United States with older people, you know, just because the doctor says you need to take this stuff and this is how much you have to take on a daily basis. You know yourself better than anybody, you know, and if you don't feel good taking that stuff, you've got to say something. They don't know (laughs) unless you tell them and you're not bothering them. You know, you have to, you really have to be your own advocate and it's, it's hard. It really is hard to find physicians that, you know, that listen to you. Mm. So, well, and in your research and all of your, um, looking into HSCT, did you have any doubts going into it? Honestly, no, not for a second, not even, not even it's just the weirdest. I got goosebumps telling you about this. It, it's weird. And that's what I'm saying for me. Like I'm one of those people that if I'm doing the dishes and I drop a glass and I go to clean it up and I cut myself, I'll pass out. <laughs> that's how I used to be. I, mean, I hold my hand in the air and I'm like, just don't look at it. Just don't look at it. You know, I, I always did better with other people. You know, if you, if you were here or I was there and you cut yourself on, a, on glass, I would come to your aid. I could do anything as long as it's not me. <laughs> so, so to go now, through HSCT, wow. Right. I, I, I blow my own mind. I, I just, I'd still not, I don't want to say amazed. I'm, I don't want to be, you know, this, oh, look at me. I did this. And if I did this, you can do this. That's, that's not it. It's just. I really don't, I can't, I don't even have words to describe. It was just, I believed in all of it. I never had a doubt, not one single doubt, and they never gave me one. None of them, none of the staff, none of the things, none of the doctors, none of the things I had to do while I was there before HSCT. All the, I had other procedures, you know, getting stabbed in the eyes. Right. Like I said, it's it's bad to say that, but that's what I what call happened? it. What happened, yeah. Right. And then having, you know, the procedure to get harvested, to have your stem cells harvested, that was pretty traumatic. But I handled it very well. I mean, I surprised myself. Mm. You know, there was one time, well, that was the time, you know, they're trying to, to get that thing. I don't know what that thing is called, but get that in you. And I had one tear roll out of my eye. And I said, don't ever do that again. That's a one-time deal. Don't ever do that again (laughs) to to the technicians. I mean, that, that's just how I handled it. You know, it was painful, but I knew it had to be done. And one tear, that was it. I'm like, nobody's made me cry. You made me cry one tear. Don't ever do that again. That's a one-time deal, you know? (laughs) And then just, just everything that I don't, I don't quite understand this whole transformation, so to speak, um, of, of me handling things. And I'm, I'm hoping that no matter what happens, I don't think it's the same here. I think it's only there in Chicago. I don't think it's the same here at home. And I don't know why (laughs) I've had things done since I've been home. Um, I have a procedure I have to go to, which, has nothing to do with HSCT. It's part of being a woman. Um, but, you know, I'm a little nervous about that because I'm not in Chicago. I'm not at Northwestern. 
And those people are amazing. Yeah, the care. They're just amazing. The care is just phenomenal. It really is. Um, they are world class. I guess maybe it's because they, they act like they're real people. That makes sense? They're, they're very real. They're genuine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they really are. It is they're genuine not care. Stuffy. Yes, they're not. They're just, you know, they laugh, they joke, and... You know, as long as that's the kind of person you are, I suppose that's okay. And that's who I am. Mm. Don't, don't be stuffy with me. Don't be, you know, don't pretend like this is not going to hurt. Right. <laughs> because right. You know, you might not have had it done, but you've done this enough times to know that, you know, it, it does, it, it does hurt. So just be compassionate. And they really are. On that note, what might you offer as advice based on your experience? either in like there's, preparing for or even recovery from? There's no preparing for it. There really isn't. Um, you just, if it's, if you want it bad enough, you just do it and you get through it and you find the right support while you're doing it. Those people are important, you know, whether they're in person or over the phone or any other device that you can, can speak to them on. Um, they're, they're very important. And afterwards, it's probably bad to say, but there's no preparing for that either. You know, there are guidelines that in your research that you'll find that are, for lack of better terms, are outdated. Everybody's different. Everybody is different. So you cannot expect anything. You cannot expect anything. You can't expect to go into it and nothing's going to, it's going to be smooth sailing or coming out of it be smooth sailing because we're all different. Um, (laughs) I made Dr. Burt so mad, I'm sure. I was the person that ordered Grubhub in the hospital. If anybody's heard about it, that was me. Oh, wow. I was starving. I literally was starving. I could not handle hospital food anymore. And one day I, I ordered oatmeal and with raisins and some toast. And Dr. Burt happened to come by and he, he saw it sitting there. I hadn't eaten it yet. So he lifted the lid and he looks at it. And he says, is this this morning's breakfast? And I said, yeah. He said, that is not fit for human consumption. I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> I have, that's why I haven't touched it. You know, by the time it gets, you're on the 16th floor, by the time it gets to you, toast is like sponge. It's like biting into a sponge. Um, so I just couldn't take it anymore. And I'm a vegetable eater. And I just, I was craving vegetables. And I, I did eat a lot of stuff from the hospital. I'm not saying it was terrible, but that wasn't my kind of food. So... You know, I had salads, really awesome salads (laughs) and lots of vegetables. And that's what I did. Um, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed by it. And I tell people that I'm like, I did it. I'm not saying you should do it, but I did it. And I I'm alive, you know, and that's what everybody says. And and you came out alive. I'm like, yes, but I'm different. You know, I did, I did try to protect myself. Hand-washing is the most important thing you can do. Yeah. Is hand wash constantly. Um, and anything else, you just have to listen to your body. You have to listen to yourself. You have to listen to yourself. 
Don't let other people influence you. If it's, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. You know, but if it feels right, as I've said, I had no, nothing held me back. I didn't have any, any bad feelings about going into this at all. I just, you know, there's YouTube, Dr. Burt talks. You look at them. You listen to them. You pay attention. Search them out. That's the research that I did. And because I was in research many, many years ago, I worked in the Office of Research Affairs and Institutional Review Board. So I had no reservations about doing it. Now, had it sounded quacky, I wouldn't have done it. I would have had questions, but I don't have any questions. I still don't. Whatever they want me to do is what I'll do. And like I said, I, I picked Dr. Blavinov's brain because I didn't know what was going on. And I'm not listening to other people that have not talked to them to find out what's going on. It, it doesn't, he deserves a break. He deserves the best way for him to help everybody is to go and teach, write this book, educate these doctors because he's one man. And there's so many people out there with autoimmune diseases. How can he possibly help all of these people any other way at this point? Write that book, get it out there. You know, there's still people that feel that, you know, the FDA is keeping this from happening. Nope. It's not. The FDA cannot control your personal stem cells. So it has nothing to do with the FDA. <laughs> really, it doesn't. Right. It's a procedure. So that, that's really a big falsity that's out there that, you know, the F, why doesn't the FDA just approve this? Because it has nothing to do with the FDA. It's a procedure. And they're your own stem cells. That's why. Yeah, so kudos to Dr. Bird for traveling the country to try and raise up some more clinics. Exactly. I mean, they're out there. They're already they're already out there. Like I said, I know that um Seattle is one of them. I think Denver. Mhm. And I think that Ohio, Cincinnati. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati is offering it one person at a time. Yep. So it's it's taken off. <laughs> Slowly but surely, right? Yes. Yes. And patient. hopefully other clinics will come to offer stellar care, right? And emulate what Northwestern has set that example. High Correct. bar. I know. It's a high bar Correct. set, but. Yes, it's a very high bar. But I do know that Puebla, just because of, of my Florida friend that just got back and had it done and posted all kinds of stuff about it. And it's great. Um, I'm glad she did because I got to see some stuff that. I would have liked while I was in Chicago, <laughs> like 30 minutes of, I think it was 30 minutes every day of sunlight, of being outside every day while she was there um, after her transplant. You know, you're looking out the window in Chicago thinking, man, I'd like to be outside right now. You know, <laughs> when it's nice out there, if it's raining, mm -hmm. maybe not so much, but, right. you know, you, you dream of being outside, no matter what your view is. Um, but she, you know, that Puebla has stellar care. I can tell that they care about their patients and they bring the group in and, and all the doctors and the nurses, you know, they're welcoming all of the HSCP patients. 
it's a big to do. They, they go all out, you know, they get their own apartments and, and foods included and, you know, they get their meals and they get taken care of. And I'm glad that, that my friend Kim had it done. She's doing well. Now she just wants to know what to expect now that she's home. Well, yeah. And so even on that note, like, is there anything that you could recommend to aid others in their recovery? Wash your hands, wear your mask when you're out in in public. um, And just don't be afraid to live your life. Live, go out and live. You know, Um, you take your precautions and and you follow them, but it's not forever. And like I said, there's old stuff out there that, that says to, to do it for this amount of time, you know, don't eat raw vegetables for X amount of time. But like I said, you got to listen to your own body. You, you got to listen to yourself. You know, you, I can't live without vegetables. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just cannot. Um, so I did not and I will not, but even at 399 days after my transplant, I still am mindful of the possibilities of germs. Um, so when, when I'm at home, I just do what I do. But when I'm out in public, I, I, I listen to my gut. You know, if my gut says, hey, put that mask on, you put that mask on. I mean, I've been to probably a half a dozen concerts in the last year. And it gets kind of hard to wear a mask when it's 100 degrees outside. <laughs> You're in a little, you know, confined area. But you will make it work. You'll figure it out. Yeah, when you're around that many people, better safe than sorry, right? Right, and and I, I have figured it out. You know, you'll find a safe a safe place to go if you need to find a safe place to go. You know, where you can take your mask off and breathe in in the midst of all the people at the concert. What whatever you got to, you know, just use your common sense. Just use your common sense and take care of yourself. Um, there really are no right or wrong answers because we're all different, just like mm. MS. We are snowflakes indeed. We are. So, <laughs> so what about a superpower that you gained from your experience with HSCT? A superpower? Um, my superpower is just, just keep going. Just keep swimming, like Dory says. Um <laughs> keep swimming, swimming, swimming. And I do. I just, I get up in the morning, I wake up every morning and I'm like, okay, I've got this, this, and this to do. Just get up and do it. Um, it doesn't matter if I want to keep sleeping. I know that I have stuff I have to do, um, at certain times. So I do it no matter how tired I am or if I'm just want to stay in bed. And I really do still just want to stay in bed. So is that a superpower to just not stay in bed? Motivation. Yeah. I guess my superpower is I'm, I'm extra, extra motivated. I just keep going. The doctor's appointments haven't stopped just because I'm not in Chicago. I still have my own doctor's appointments that I go to. I still have labs that I have to do. Um, and being older and not having other things done over the course of the last two years, you know, I'm, I'm catching up with all the other stuff that goes sure. on with me. besides HSCT. So you just, you just keep living, live your life. Don't be afraid. I'm not, I've never been afraid. I mean, of course I'm not going to bungee jump, but (laughs) I'm not really afraid of, of much. I'm cautious, 
and it's good to be cautious. I think everybody should be cautious, but just don't, don't live your life afraid. You, you can't, you cannot live your life afraid. That's not life. You're not living if you're afraid. Just be cautious. Yeah. Well, it's good to be mindful, right? Right. Yep. And, and this is, this is something, it's a different way of life. It's, it's for the rest of your life and it's to extend your life to the best life you can have. So just like my, my nurse, Jackie, she says, go live your life. Enjoy. You've got this. She always said to me. So is there, is there anything that you're grateful for about your experience with HSCT that maybe has gone unspoken? I am grateful for my new outlook on humanity. Mm. You know, with all the stuff that is going on right now, again, you can be negative and you can just, but that's holding on to that negativity isn't good for you or for anybody else. Seeing, being in Chicago for two months and experiencing HSCT and all of the wonderful caring people that had basically my life in their hands, um, there is still good in the world. There really is. Getting emotional now. But that's that's something that has, it's the first time I've ever said this. So it, it's um, my outlook on humanity, I guess. Thank that's, you, Dr. Burt and yeah. HSCT and Northwestern. That's beautiful. I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for all of it the entire experience. Like I said, I was a class clown, so I'm still piecing together (laughs) things that happened. And all the meaning, Um, right? Yeah. I think a lot of it was the chemo. (laughs) That's the part that's, those are the parts that I don't, I don't have to piece together was because of the chemo. It could have been from the steroids too, or both. I don't, I really don't know. I've lived a different life than, than most people that have had HSCT, well, a different kind of person. <laughs> yeah, but haven't we all, right? I mean, everyone is just so yeah. unique in their experience. I think, I think so, too. I just remember, I know that this didn't happen. It couldn't have happened. But I remember it very vividly that my hairless Chinese crested dog, I remember him being on my chest with his head under my chin up against my neck. And that's why I said that couldn't have happened. It didn't happen, but I remember it very vividly. And that was probably on one of the darkest, darkest days that I had. I had two of them. I had one whacked out day. <laughs> I just don't know what happened. That was crazy. Um, but for my, my dog to be with me, I know that that wasn't real. So what's the meaning behind that? That was, I guess, comfort. You know, your brain, the body is an amazing, amazing thing. And it will do amazing things. And it can do amazing things. And it does. There's just, yeah, there's a lot of strange things that happened. (laughs) While I was in the hospital, I can't, I still just can't piece them together. They'll come. I know they will. Yeah, all in time. It will come. It will all come together. It will. And it's okay. It's, It's all okay. I'm so glad. I, I'm, I'm so glad it's okay for you. And a year out, you have so much of a positive outlook on life. Thanks so much for helping us remember the positive side of humanity. 
You're welcome. And thank you for having me. Well, yeah, I mean, it's easy to get caught up in those negative narratives online, right? And it is, it is, but it's not good for anybody to stay that way. No, you have to look at, at the brighter side of everything, no matter how bad things are, or you think they are, somebody else is going through much worse than you are. Mm. Even though you can't imagine, you know, you're your own person and, and you're, you know, we, we tend to be in ourselves, so to speak, and not really think about other people having it worse than we do at certain times. But there are people that have it much worse than, than you do at any moment in time. So you have to look at, at, and that's not the positive side. Don't get me wrong. That's not the positive side. It's the positive side is, yeah, it's all about perspective. You know, turn that frown upside down. You might not want to smile, but if you smile, you'll feel better. It'll be a little easier to get through it, right? <laughs> right. Thanks you for bringing think. smiles. Yes, smile. Just and joy smile. and laughter. Yeah, no, all of it is just, it's been great connecting with you. Well, again, thank you. Be sure to visit our website, hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and access the latest HSCT research and resources. Special thanks to musical genius Bill Allitzhauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It's been great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment, share your story. We'd love to hear from you. And in the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well. Be well.